0: Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Relating him as sons and daughters. And that our identity starts in that place uh, and it's the foundation of our relationship with him. It's it's primary, uh, primarily. when I was in Africa, I found I, I found myself teaching the pastors about identity, and I went to Romans chapter eight, and I was just reading to them. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Guess I need some help. Someplace I had some water. Oh, it's up here. Thank you. <clears throat> so I found myself. Uh, speaking to them out of Romans 8, a, and it says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear. So anytime we have fear, it means that we have a slavery mentality. We don't have a sonship mentality. But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So the spirit in us cries out to our Father in heaven. And it, then it goes on to say, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? Children of God. Sons and daughters, we're children of God. And if children, it says heirs, also heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And so when I was in Africa, I was, I was helping the pastors understand that <clears throat> identity will lead us into this understanding that we also have inheritance. Because sons and daughters of a father also receive the gifts and blessings of a father. And in the natural, when a father passes away, then, then there's an, what he has, what he possesses, is given to his children. And we all know about that, you know, in our culture, sitting and reading of the will, you know, the family's going to say, what did I get? (laughs) Was there any money left? Uh, Or did he spend it all going to Florida or whatever? (laughs) You see those bumper stickers, you know, know, I'm spending my children's inheritance. I'm having a great life. so, (laughs) (laughs) But <laughs> but there's a proverb that says that a good man leaves an uh, inheritance to his children's children, even to his grandchildren. Now, that inheritance is not just about money. That inheritance is also the DNA of who, who he is and the, the mother as they join together, the DNA, uh, their character, their faith. All of those things are inheritance issues that are passed on to our next generation. And so that's what I was teaching the the pastors about. And what I said to them is that what I felt the uh, challenge for us has been is that historically the church has started in the wrong place. Because as we relate to our Father in Heaven through son, servant, and soldier, that the church has started with servant. And Pastor Willie would say when he's in meetings that pastors would say, I'm so-and-so servant of the Lord. And it's very common in Africa for them to say and call themselves servant of the Lord. And so he's in this meeting and they're calling, they're introducing themselves saying so-and-so, servant of the Lord. You know, I'm a I'm apostle, so-and-so, servant of the Lord. I'm a prophet, so-and-so, servant of the Lord, pastor, so-and-so, servant of the Lord. And when it got to Willie's turn, he said, I'm Pastor Willie. I'm a son of God. (laughs) was because he's heard this teaching so much he's begin to understand and and one of the pastors who's a senior leader over a major denomination we we're having lunch together and, and so I was sharing with him some of this whole idea that we've got to lay the foundation of, of sonship before we actually uh, talk about being servant and then being soldier because the, the truth is as I've said before that if you don't have the foundation of sonship established, then you become burnt out servants or beat up soldiers. Mm-hmm. You got to have sonship right. in place. And so when I was talking to this pastor, he said, where are you getting that from? This <laughs> just made me want to laugh. <laughs> where are you getting that from? He's been raised in the church. He's taught the word of God. But he didn't he didn't see that, you know, but now when you see it, you see it everywhere. I mean, it's I'm going to show it to you in Galatians here just a little bit. All right. And, And in the Old Testament, even, I mean, it's it's so clear. But what what's happening is what's happening to us, I believe, right now, as the Lord has been unfolding this understanding of our identity of sons and daughters, of how important that is! There's the, the next thing that I see is happening here is that he's going to talk to us about inheritance. If you're a son and daughter, what do you get? Because it, it, you know you're not on your own. You're, you're we're all resourced in the kingdom of God. We are we are resourced. We are not without. We are. Going to discover what we have in Christ, and it's astounding and and it's transformational now for i'm going to get into something here that could get me in trouble but that that's okay i'm used that's okay would you rather have somebody challenge some thinking rather than just yeah okay so so this is just kind of st- stimulate your thought here, just for a minute. And uh, and if you have an issue with it, please feel free to talk to Luke or Pastor Bob or <laughs> <laughs> Ed. He's right down here. Warren, he's right here. When I when I first became spirit-filled, I got really excited about the idea that you could hear from God. Really? <laughs> I mean, you can hear from God? That's possible? I mean, for me, that, that was good news. And, and so, you know, as that was being taught, and I began to walk in that, what we what we call Rhema words. Are you familiar with that term? Rhema words. It's the living word versus the logos, which is the written word. And though and you know what a Rhema is when you're reading the Bible and and this is what you feel like the words jump off the page into your heart. And you're oh it's alive. That's a Rhema word. And so I've I've learned to appreciate and value and seek Rhema words. And so what I'm about to say is not to diminish hearing the voice of God. Did you, did you hear me? I'm not talking about diminishing the hearing the voice of God. But in Psalm 24, it says, uh, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And it's plural, gates. And it, and I got to thinking, uh, uh, is it possible there's more than one way to access the resource of God, because when when He speaks to us, when the rhema is released, we're accessing the resource of heaven that He has for us. When the, when the Father speaks, His word is performed, and He has the His authority is behind it, and it is accomplished because He speaks it. Yeah. So so, is it possible that there's more than one gate to? access the resource of the kingdom of God, which would be our inheritance? Maybe. I'm just saying maybe. So, that's my introduction. Both, by the way, of what I'm going to be talking about, no matter how you access the resource of heaven... It's always going to require faith by grace. I, I want to be sure I got that down here as I start. However you access the kingdom and the resource of the kingdom and your inheritance as a son and daughter of God, it's, you're going to access by what? Faith through His grace. His grace is go, it's going to take a divine empowerment for it to happen. It doesn't happen any other way. Faith by grace. Now I'm going to talk about two examples of receiving receiving our inheritance in another way. This 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 is I'm going to call it receiving through your bloodline. In the natural we receive our inheritance through our bloodline. When uh when my father's neighbor dies i'm not going to be there at the reading of his will i'm not in his bloodline so he i'm not going to be welcome at the table you get that it's only it's only in my bloodline would i receive so so let's let's look at this Idea, this concept. Now, 2 Samuel 9 1 11. Then David said, King David, is there yet anyone left of the house of Saul? Interesting that he's concerned about anyone in the house of Saul, isn't it? After Saul pursued him and tor- tormented him, rejected him, and so forth, he says, From the house of Saul, that I may show what? Revenge? No. David, a man after God's own heart, that I may show kindness. And then now we understand why. For Jonathan's sake. Because David and Jonathan were in covenant with each other. So David is wanting to be faithful to the covenant that he made with Jonathan, even though Saul is now dead and Jonathan has passed away too. They both died in battle. So they're both dead. But David still is going to honor the covenant that he had with Jonathan, even though Jonathan is no longer living. Now there was a servant, verse 2, of the house of Saul, whose name was Ziba. And they called him to David. And David said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there not yet anyone in the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness of God? The kindness of God. And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is crippled in both feet. And the reason he was crippled is that when he uh, hit hit the the woman that was taking care of him uh, at five years old, when word came that Saul and Jonathan were killed in battle, she knew that meant there's going to be another king. It's a dangerous, risky time. And she's fleeing with this five-year-old son of Jonathan to try to protect him. And he fell while they were fleeing. And when he fell, he became lame in both feet. So this is a... This uh, five-year-old grows up, and he can't do anything for himself. But he's this—he's in the bloodline of King Saul. He's the grandson of King Saul. That's his bloodline. So the king, verse four. So the king said to him, "Where is he?" And Ziba said to the king, "Behold, he is in the house of Makar, the son of Ammion Lodabar." Lodabar means place without pasture. So here is. Here is a, son, a grandson of a king in the bloodline of a king. And he ha, is living uh, uh, in this place called No Pasture. Then King David sent and brought him from the house uh, from No Pasture. And his name is, I'm going to say, <laughs> there's no way I could pronounce it properly, I'm sure. And uh, if anyone thinks you can do it. Um, I'd welcome you to help instruct me right now. Uh, the whole congregation would really be helpful. But his name is Mephibosheth. And when I've talked about him before, <laughs> when i talked about him before, I call him Seth. I guess we don't have that scripture up there. Uh, Stephen, it's Second uh, Samuel 9, uh, verse, verse 6. And, and Mephibosheth, by the way, his name means one who destroys shame. Like that. His father, Jonathan, named him that, obviously, one who destroys shame. But he's still living in shame, crippled in a place of no pasture. He has not come into any inheritance. So he... He is the son of Jonathan, son of Saul. He came to David, fell on his faith, and prostrated himself. and he, And David said, "Mephibosheth." And he said, "Here is your servant." Notice how he thought of himself. He's he's not thinking of himself as a son of a, a grandson of a king. He's thinking, of, "I'm a servant now." And and by the way, servants don't have inheritance. Only sons have inheritance. Servants don't have inheritance. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show kindness to you for the sake of your father Jonathan and will restore to you all the land of your grandfather Saul, and you shall eat at my table regularly. Whoa, baby. I mean, talk about a good day. Talk about life changing from no pasture to green pastures. This is this is a huge shift, but I want you to see why this happened. It was because of David's covenant with his father, Jonathan, and covenant placed a, a, a value on on relationship so that David honored this. And and Mephibosheth received. Would you say after, with me? Received. That's how inheritance comes. It comes through receiving. It doesn't come through earning. What did he do to earn what just happened here? Nothing. He was in the bloodline. That's what I want you to see. He was in the bloodline. And he said again, he prostrated himself, what is your servant that you should regard a dead dog like me? Then the king called Saul's servant Ziba and said to him, All that belong to Saul and all his house I have given to your master's grandson. Ziba must have been really excited about that. Because he was watching over it all and receiving it all. But now... Mephibosheth is over all of it. And you and your sons and your servants shall cultivate the land for him, and you shall bring in the produce so that your master's grandson may have food. Nevertheless, Mephibosheth, your master's grandson shall eat at my table regularly. He's going to eat at the king's table. And now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. In other words, he's wealthy. This is, is a sizable inheritance he's receiving he's not just receiving some small little cottage and some little vineyard this this is a big deal he's 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 hit the jackpot the lottery he is i mean he's he's wealthy now he went from low to barn no pasture to a very wealthy man because he's in the bloodline Now Zippus said to the king, according to all that my lord, the king commands his servants, so your servants shall do. So Seth ate at David's table as one of the king's sons. So he went from servanthood to sonship. Because he was in the bloodline. That's an identity change. Now, I want to tell you one more story. We're going to the New Testament, Luke 13, 10 through 17. And it's talking about Jesus teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, verse 10. And verse 11. And behold, there was a woman who for 18 years had sickness caused by spirit, and she was bent double and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. Don't you just love what Jesus does? <laughs> <I mean. sighs> okay, and he laid hands upon her and immediately she was made erect again and began glorifying God. 18 years living like this. 18 years. 18 years. 1 2 18 years, bent over like that, double. It says there was a spirit that he rebuked and freed her from this spirit. 18 years. And uh, verse 14, the synagogue official, indignant. God bless his religious soul. That's what religious people do. She's living like this for 18 years, and in the synagogue official is indignant because Jesus healed her on the Sabbath. So he valued the Sabbath, the law, more than he did. Yeah, somebody just said it, the Lord of the Sabbath. <laughs> there are six days, work should be done, therefore during them... Uh, come during them and get healed and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered and said, You hypocrites, does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from a stall and lead him away from water? And this woman, notice this, Here's, here's here's the line I'm going for. This woman, a daughter of Abraham. What is Jesus saying? This daughter of Abraham, as she is, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, should she not be released from this bond on the Sabbath day? And he said this, all the opponents were being humiliated, and the entire multitude was rejoicing over all the glorious things being done by him. Right here, Jesus is saying, "Uh, yeah, it's the Sabbath, but that's not the issue here. The issue is... She had a right to something because she was a daughter of Abraham. He's saying healing belonged to her because she's in the bloodline. You know what? I mean, stop and think about this for a minute. How? How much belongs to us that we're not walking in simply because we have not understood it's in our bloodline. That's why he said she's a daughter of Abraham. It's in her bloodline. Let me take you to the New Testament real quick. I'm almost done, by the way. Oh, no, it's 1032. I really am almost done. I've been having fun here. I just. Okay. Okay couple scriptures Galatians 3 27 29 catch this this is, can you get this up on the screen there Stephen for you all are what sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ we have clothed ourselves with Christ and if you belong to Christ then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs, according to promise. The mirror goes on to say in Galatians 4, 7, Can you see how foolish it would be for a son to continue to live his life with a slave mentality? Your sonship qualifies you to immediately participate in all the wealth of God's inheritance, which is yours because of Christ. I mean, this is in the mirror Hebrews nine fifteen, a mediator between God and the man Jesus' death brought an end to the old and introduced the new. God saying He's bringing new divine life. He thus redeemed man from the transgressions recorded under the first covenant and identified us as heirs. Qualifying us to participate in the full inheritance of all that he had obtained on our behalf. When you go to Ephesians chapter one, it just talks about in Christ, in him, in Christ, in him. It's it's a list of our inheritance because it says you're in the bloodline by faith and this belongs to you. And, you know, the scripture just says, why are we living like slaves? Slaves live in fear. Why are we living like slaves when we're sons and daughters? We're in the bloodline. I'm just, this thing is just, I'm thinking more and more about what is it that we're living in? With limitations, we're living with, well, if I can just get through somehow in prayer. I'm wondering how much of it has already gotten through. But but because we have a servant's mentality living in a place of no pasture, we're going without. Just a thought. Just a thought. By faith, you and I are in the bloodline of Christ. We are heirs to all of his wealth. Forgiveness, restoration, reconciliation, salvation, love, joy, peace, freedom. Healing, blessing, favor. The Holy Spirit has sealed it. We have His family. We, <laughs> Part of our inheritance is in each other. We have the gift of each other. The body of Christ. We are, we are far more wealthy than we can possibly imagine in Christ Jesus because by faith we're in the bloodline. Now I know it's time to end this service. Uh, I had a picture. The Lord gave me a picture. Of people who needed healing. And receiving healing. Gathered around the communion table. So we're going to close the service. This way. Uh, Ministry team. Uh. I'm going to ask the minister team to be down here for the prayer needs. Could we see those on the screen right now? Because we always have... Each week, these are given to us. And uh, if you have need for healing... Uh, Lania reminded me, for those of you who know Carol Baker, uh, Carol and Bob... We're here, a part of our fellowship for many years. Bob was executive pastor. Uh, Carol is uh, in need of healing. She's in stage four of cancer, and so we want to remember her uh, also as those are being prayed for for healing. But uh, this is the picture that God gave me of those uh, uh, who need healing today. That the elders are going to lead you in communion and so elders, would you please come over here? Jesus when he gave them the cup and, and the bread he said, as often as you do this you proclaim the Lord's death <laughs> Do you get this? He died, he died and and when he died his inheritance, his inherit that that's only when inheritance inheritance is released. So as often as you take the cup, is proclaiming his death. It means we are now recipients of all that he has given to us that belongs to us in, in our inheritance. So when we partake of the communion, we're what we're saying is I'm remembering is blood and his body, and and I'm remembering I'm in his bloodline. Do you get this? I'm in his bloodline. I have access to all these things by faith. I have access to all these things. So those, those of you who need healing, I'm going to ask you to come over here, and the elders are going to pray for you. You can lift the blinds right now so we can see a little bit better and and I'm closing the service the ministry team if you would come if you'd like to give your life to Christ if you need baptism of the Holy Spirit if you need prayer for any other um, thing as the ministry team is down here please just feel free to come and be ministered to. If you need healing I want you to go over there and partake of the Lord's table with the elders. And I want you to I want you to do it with the mindset. I am in the bloodline. I'm an heir to all that God has granted through Christ Jesus. So would you stand? Father, thank you. Thank you as you're releasing truth to us. I pray that this is more than just a message but I pray that this is something as we ponder and meditate on probably after the game <laughs> but maybe on the way home but later that that this this will begin to shift us as we now have come into an awareness of who we are in Christ, we move into this place of access of all that's granted to us, our inheritance. May you you understand and receive and be filled to the fullness of God through your inheritance in Christ Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Have a good day.